Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning in today, whether you are over at pathtozion.com listening to the audio-only versions, or you are on our YouTube channel watching the video format. Thank you for uh, joining us here on the program. Now, now we just completed a three-part series, and uh, the interesting title, Some Things Never Change, a biblical comparison of two dead sons. Uh, the conversation that I've had about those who have watched it um, seemed to be getting the gist of what my my desire was to uh, make known in the series, which is the fact that some things never change is, in this case, in the biblical presentation that I was hoping to make, that is for our good. That is a that is something that is very much in our benefit, that, that Father's ways are the same from beginning to end. He has always been full of compassion, full of mercy, full of patience to no end. And what he has done, the, his works on, on, on behalf of mankind, has been perfectly um, revealed in different ways, yes, but the, the, the theme, if you will, is the same. And, and so we talked about that and culminated it with, in part three that just posted earlier this morning, his ways don't change. How you please him has not changed. The, the life of sacrifice has not changed. The fact that there is a mediator has not changed. The fact that there is a priest has not changed. The fact that we have to come to him via repentance has not changed. We could talk about this for hours on end to talk about how when we look at, as I presented, the entire full word of Yahweh Elohim that we have been given, when we look at it in its entirety, it is consistent from beginning to end, and it is full of patterns, full of patterns. The New Testament, the newer Testament we have been given, in no way replaced the older. In any way, it is simply a different demonstration in the timeline of history with different, different people of what has always been. And, and, and that's the beauty of where we are now here. It's 2022. Man is, is just continued the trajectory of godlessness and lawlessness, yes, but it's nothing new. It is the, it is the ongoing version of man rebelling against the Creator's ways and exalting himself. And so here we are now, and what do we do? We, I believe in my household, we are endeavoring to embrace the entirety of God's Word. Without getting into that anymore, let's, let's talk about something different today. Now, today is very spontaneous. Um, I did not have plans uh, to come into the studio today um, until this morning. Uh, I wanted to last night, but that just didn't work out. And so here I am this morning. What I was going to share if I had the opportunity last night was very, just right here, front and center, at the very skin level surface of my being, um, after uh, an opportunity to share yesterday in a gathering. Um, and, and so I thought, well, let's just, let's just turn on the equipment um, today and get out my journal and just see if the Father would, would breathe life into it yet again and, uh, and, and, and then give me an opportunity to share it with you. And so that's my intent today. I, I, let's think of a title. Um, 
the pattern of the suffering servant. I mean, let's just call it that, which is interesting because that's kind of where I culminated part three in the uh, Some Things Never Change series that just posted, is talking about walking in that perpetual sanctification of becoming like Messiah. And, and well, let's just use that as a segue. I, had, I said in part three, and I'll say it again now, and I say it all the time in different ways, is that, that my understanding about the works of Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ, and what he accomplished and, and fulfilled because of his perfect obedience was, was personified by examining his entire life. It was, it was perfectly demonstrated from beginning to end. And, and we have to be careful that, that I would propose that in Christian doctrine, there has been such an intense focus and scrutiny of the cross event that we have, in, in my verbiage I started probably 17 years ago, saying when I really started confronting organized religion and Christianity as a whole, and what I had been taught my whole life and just began to ask questions, hard questions, was why do we pull up a chair and sit at the cross and never leave? Why have we made the gospel about the cross? Now, I didn't have the understanding then that I have now, of course. I mean, it changes, it grows, it matures, hopefully. But I think that the, the seed of thought was implanted in me then by Holy Spirit to begin to ask questions to expand my understanding about the, the works of Yeshua and what he accomplished, and what in the world did it mean when he was a man who denied himself and, and only spoke what the Father spoke and, and only did what he watched the Father do and then replicated here on a natural earth. I would say, and, and this is what we're going to build upon today, hopefully, if the Father's good to us and I can do it without notes and like bullet points and you know practice and study, is this. It would do us well to see the entirety of Yeshua's life and give ourselves to all the instructions that we already know about dying to self, denying ourselves, walking no longer according to the works of the flesh, not going the ways of the nations, and all these other biblical instructions and counsel we've been given. I would say that is that that should be running parallel with our understanding of Yeshua doing that from beginning to end. And so and so to to kind of segue into what I shared during that gathering yesterday and 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 uh keep this brief today. Let's just I'm just going to look I'm literally going to look at my journal and and have to jog my memory um as we go. So so please be patient. This is not rehearsed in any way whatsoever. Um and well let me let me start where I did yesterday. Years ago, 17 years ago, the best I can figure out with my wife's help, we came out of organized church, religion as we knew it. We read a book called Pagan Christianity by Frank Viola, and we read that with several other families, and we were all kind of having this revelation of something is wrong with the corporate church that we've known, the denominational boundaries and and, and rules and, and ideologies and doctrines and and forms, and even leadership, and servanthood, and what that all looks like. We kind of came into this understanding at, at a very similar season, and we endeavored to, to come out of that. And 
in the best we knew at the time, discover what in the world is the body of Messiah. What What is it? Have we ever seen it? Have we known it? Is what we have joined ourselves with for our whole lives, whether just in attending services or being on staff at a church, church is, like, were we even being the body? And we began to ask hard questions after we came out and cleaned the slate and started over, basically. And and back then at that time, I don't, there, there was a circumstance in a, in a home gathering, because we did that for many years. An individual uh, brought a, a point out of the scriptures of Isaiah chapter 53, talking about Yeshua being the suffering servant, and and um, how Yeshua learned through the—he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And as I shared yesterday, uh, um, this, is, this is a verse that has, has really kind of attached itself to me um, over those last 16, 17 years, and has always been kind of a filter uh, of how I think, of how I perceive— Messiah, even in my older understanding of just Jesus and the Christian Jesus I was presented, I still had that facet of understanding the the value, if you will, for me um, to walk in his likeness and in his image and, and to do the best I can at present moment to walk as he walked. Think like he thinks, to put on the mind of Christ. And I remember all the way back then, that, again, attached itself to me and has made its way all the way through till today still, even into my present understanding of who my mediator Messiah is. That, that has remained true still, that the, the, the value I have learned and applied for years now, the value of suffering and giving myself deliberately to suffer. Now, we're not talking about afflicting oneself and, you know, crazy religions that seek out, um, you know, like aggressive self-denial or, you know, I don't even, how, how ridiculous do I have to explain what people do to verify that that's not in any way what I'm saying? I'm not going to spend much time on that. But if you have a concern, ask me about it and don't presume I'm saying something I'm not, and that will be helpful. But what I am saying is I believe that there is a value when I look at the scriptures and instructions and and things that my Messiah said, that there is great value in willing myself to endure suffering. Now, to so well, a valid question will be, well, what do, you, what do you mean? What is suffering, Joel? What do you what do you intend to tell us you mean by what suffering is? Well, I don't know if we could get into all that right now. Of course, that would I would need Bible verses to be read and to be stacked to appropriately say what I will paraphrase. Denial of myself, of what this flesh man wants. Because if we know that Yeshua learned obedience through things that he suffered, and we also equally know that his life was defined, absolutely defined by self-denial, He did not do his own accord. He came and did the will of the Father, no exceptions, period. That was it. We, however, do not do that because we are are natural. We we walk according to the flesh. Despite the instruction to, you know, don't be lukewarm, don't be double-minded, don't be back and forth, we do, we do, which is why we need the perfect mediator Messiah, 
That's why the suffering servant is, is in his present function now, because he perfectly accomplished the task, the, the requirement of denying himself. But equally so, we are called to do likewise. So this is what I shared yesterday, and I'll try to stick to what I journaled. When I was driving home, this is personal stuff now. When I was driving home from work on Friday, um, I was listening to a certain song, and, and this song, because of what it was saying, not because of emotional triggers or like crescendos musically or like I was moved into, <laughs> no, but like what I was saying out of my mouth had very, very heavy substance of a declaration uh, to the Father of, of, commit, of committing my life and abandoning my own will and ways kind of lyrically what I have have presented the last 13 minutes about denying oneself in the pattern and likeness of the sun. And so I, I'm saying this, and, and then I stop the music, and, and I drive the remaining 25 minutes or so that we don't have internet from that point of my travels to my house, because we live out in the middle of nowhere. There's still no service, and I love it. So that being said, between that point in, in my driveway the Father just began to stir in me. And Holy Spirit was just drawing me to a place of surrender. Now, have I surrendered before? You better believe it. I surrendered. Oh, we list all these things. It is a pattern, and it should be, right? Repentance should, should be an ongoing deepening of, of, of emptying oneself. Again, here we are, some verbiage of, of the Messiah. He emptied himself. And so I'm doing that in this moment, and, and it's not verbal. I'm literally just, I'm feeling something in my spirit, in my innermost place. That was our teaching, our whiteboard teaching this morning in our home, is, is talking about whether they referenced it in the, in the ancient text as like the kidneys or whatever we want to call it. It's that innermost place, the seat of your emotions. And, and that is where the Father was pressing himself upon me Friday. As I'm driving home, so I just began to cry as I felt that familiar place that honestly had become a little unfamiliar again, if that makes sense. And, and I, I connected it with other times in, in the last five, six, seven, eight years specifically about, oh, here's that place. Here is the place in me of surrender. <coughs> Excuse me. This is that place. And, and all I can say to describe it, because there really is no way to describe it, and perhaps you know this circumstance yourself. I hope you do. I felt the Father calling me to a greater place of surrender, of trust, of, of deepening my dependence upon Him, faith in Him, to move into something that was not yet previous the moment before. I could feel it as much as I could, I could explain it more fully if I had time, but I'm trying to respect the, the recording here. I knew that place. I'm like, okay, I've been here before. This is a place, uh, we could call it a threshold without getting hyper-spiritual. This is something where I have the opportunity to cross into something else that the Father has for me. And so all I remember is, I didn't even say it out of my mouth for a while, but I remember inside now, the real me that you can't see <laughs> saying yes. Yes. Just repeating it over and over and over in here. Yes, Father, yes. Whatever it is you're pressing, whatever it is you're, you're desiring, whatever it is you're wanting to extract from me and add to me, yes, amen. Let it be so. I yield to it. 
whatever it is, which is, which listen, if you've walked with the father in maturity for very long, you know, that can be a terrifying place because I've been led to do some things, say some things, go some places and go to some people and go to, go to some places here that, you know what? Oh, oh, let's do this a little metaphor. Oh, oh, I didn't know you meant that. No, it's a full surrender. It is a full emptying of ourselves to say what? Yes, your ways above mine, Father. I am a vessel and a vehicle for you to empower via Holy Spirit to do and accomplish whatever you want to do while I'm here in this vapor of a life that I am. So I'm doing that as I'm driving home. And I'm just thinking through many things. I start vocalizing my commitment to the Father. And I realize, I think it was the next morning, which was just yesterday, yesterday morning, I'm journaling. And I realized, if you're a journaler, I've done this for, oh man, 17 years, same marker. I have this same marker I go back to. I journal many, many days. I don't journal every day anymore, but I still do it very regularly. And I realized I was starting a new journal that morning that followed this experience in my truck. This moment, this encounter with the Father. Can we say that without thinking that's crazy? I, I hope so. Starting a new journal. Oh, man. This is awesome. Father, thank you. You're good. You orchestrate all these things. I'm writing this out. And then I realize it's the biblical new year. I'm having a little freak out moment as I'm sitting there with my pen to paper yesterday morning. Oh, my gosh. Father, this is your way. This is the pattern of my life, is you connecting pieces. And that when I yield and when I say yes, you show me there's order. There's, there's, there's a whole lot going on, Joel. And when you say yes, you get to see a little glimpse of it, right? And so I'm in this circumstance right now personally. It's very pressing for me. It's challenging. It's hard, we would say. And, and I've, I'm finally at a place, I say finally, I learned this lesson for the first time about six years ago. Began learning it in greater measure, we'll say, of just taking my hands off of everything. I'm very controlling by, by natural nature. Very ordered. I like things a certain way. It's just, I can't help it. But I've learned through practice now, through practice for years, to take my hands off of it. And not just carelessly say, none of it matters, but say, no, Father. Because the Father convicted me of this about five years ago. And I remember telling brothers I was with at the time, this was a, a moment of prayer, I believe. We were out in our barn praying, I think. And the Father convicted me when we were praying and asking him to move us out of the way. Move us out of the way. Our hearts were pure and right and perfect towards it, I think. <laughs> Literally, move us out of the way. Accomplish your purposes. We don't know anything. Move us out of the way, God. And I felt so convicted in that moment. I'm like, wait a minute. No, that's not the Father's purpose for us, for me. He wants to set us in place. He wants to set us in order. He doesn't want to move us out of the way. He wants us to willingly humble ourselves, accept his will, know what it is, and implement it. And do it. If we say, move us out of the way, we are opposing the very prayer of Yeshua to say on earth as it is in heaven. Is that not true? We have a function. We have a purpose. And we are left here post-regeneration to accomplish that purpose, still yet in bodies of failed flesh. 
We can't say, move us out of the way, God. Do what you want to do. I believe he would say, you know what? Step up, son. Step up here, daughter. Embrace the call upon your life that I have given you and do it. Did Yeshua ever say, move me out of the way, Father? Are you kidding me? We could go through the laundry list of those saints who have gone before us in the Word of God. They didn't say, just move me out of the way and forget I'm here. They stepped up and performed their purpose. I believe that's a little nugget that we could add to our lives. It's worked for me many, many times. So I'm in this pressing season. And you know what? For now, for now, now I've had some step outs, if you will. I've pulled my foot out of the pool here and there. I'm, I'm imperfect. But for the most part, I'm enduring well. And it feels incredibly awesome. Not because I'm doing something so good and, man, I've mastered this suffering. No way. It's never easy or else it wouldn't be suffering anymore. The pressing and the suffering and the crushing has a purpose to accomplish and it only will accomplish that if we remain in the pressing process. It's the only way. We, however, are very escape-driven. Uh, the, the Christianity that I know, and, and you can talk about the rapture doctrine, you can talk about all these things that have been presented to us that that give us this flight mode that kicks in and says, oh, we've got to get out. What I shared yesterday is that these people, this church, not for me, we had a, a disagreement or there's some discord or confrontation, we're out, we got to go somewhere else. We could do that with spouses. Well, this marriage didn't work out, I'm getting a new one. Uh, I don't like my job. They are not good to me there. New job. You know what I'm saying? We, as human beings, have a pattern, probably throughout all the time if we really sat down and talked about it, of being fleers, leavers, ones who say we see a, a, a troublesome event or circumstance, a trial, we assess it, and we decide whether or not we go through and endure well, or we just bail and get out. Many of us have been avoiders, fleeers. How about you? Stop and think about that for a moment. What circumstances have you encountered the last 10 years, and let's simplify and go into the body of Messiah, where you have been within the body, whatever that looked like, however you were in that form of the body that you have known, how many times have you get, gotten to adversity with a brother or, or a leader or, or anyone for that matter? Within the context of the body specifically, and literally faced it head on and actually moved towards it now in humility, patience, kindness, tolerance, endurance alongside the brethren as we're commanded to do, and said, you know what? There's no other option for me other than remaining and enduring in, in the pressing, in the circumstance, in the crushing, which we are going to get to, which is awesome here in just a moment. And so... I'm saying, as a word of testimony, me, this, this guy right here, an ordinary guy, I am, by the power of Holy Spirit, I am enduring well in a trial and in a pressing. For me, for, it's just designed to really get at the, the meanness that's got to get out. It's a perfect formula. And so what do we do? 
Do we act as spiritual men, empowered by Holy Spirit through the blood of Yeshua to accomplish the the perfect will of the Father and why that circumstance was brought to me? Do I embrace it and love it and value it? Or do I say, this is bad, this is horrible, what about this? What about this? I don't like this. I can't do this. I, what, what do we do? Even out of our mouths now. Because out of here, our heart speaks. Sometimes, sometimes, we need to tell our heart to shut its mouth. And to be still. And to submit to the pressing, and the suffering that the Father desires to place us in for our good. It's funny that we're following some things never change. Because this, in a different way, is for our good. To perfect us. And if we endure well, y'all, on the other side, I look, you look, we look, the body looks more like the Messiah. But if we do not endure well, if we avoid, if we remove ourselves from confrontation, pressing, disagreements, the the testing and trials and suffering that comes in our life and, and should be present in us, if we are avoiders, we will never be perfected. And to use the scripture rightly, I would say, since we're called to be in the likeness of Messiah, we will thereby never learn obedience. We won't. We will not be obedient children. Now, we could stop right here and take that little side road and run down the road for about 100 miles and talk about lawlessness and how Christianity, the, the, the body at large, is riddled with lawlessness, which is what? Going the ways of the nations, which says, hey, I know what this says, but that's not for me. That's past tense. I'm in a different dispensation. That was to the Jews. That was to the... You know what I'm saying? And next thing you know, all we do is scurry over to Revelation and believe rapturitis doctrine, which gets us out of here. Take me to Beulah land. We're escapism-driven, friend, in many, many ways in the body of Messiah. It may not all be rapture doctrine. It could come in, it could come in many, many ways. And to be clear, and I'm going to wrap this up and give us two parts. To be clear, I'm not talking about some aggressive, militant, yeah, let's take everything on and suffer. And like, we bring it to pass or we seek it out so we can gain some sort of uh, awkward, perverted, um, tainted way of getting God to press us into obedience, if that makes any sense. It makes sense up here. It's, I'm not talking about something self-induced where we seek out trials and persecutions and this is going to get me on God's good side or get me a greater reward. We're not talking about that, to be clear. We're talking about when things come by Father's orchestration, if we're walking according to His will for our lives, as people who are, are governed by His principles and His ways, it will come. We are children. He is our Father, and He desires to bring about obedience through the things that we suffer. Now, let's go ahead and close this up. We'll do another part on this because I want to read. Um, I want to read Isaiah fifty-three, and I also um, want to read 
some interesting connections in Psalm chapter 51. Both both texts you know, but I'm going to do what I, I enjoy doing, which is I'm going to take this one, I'm going to take this one, and we're going to say, ah, okay, interesting connections. We're going to do that in part two. So what do we say we're going to call this? The Pattern of the Suffering Servant, I believe. Doesn't much matter. Thank you for watching. This is the Path to Zion podcast. We're doing our best to rediscover the ancient way, something that has been lost. And uh, you can always find us at pathdesign.com. As I, as I always say, reach out to us. Send us an email. It is literally one of the favorite things I have to do with this program. When somebody emails me, especially if you're like in another country and, and you watch this program or listen, we have many people who only listen, I love hearing what the Father's saying to you, where you are in your world and to your household. I love it. It is, it is a privilege to know any of that stuff. So do that. Path to Zion Podcast at gmail.com is the way to do it. Uh, like, subscribe. I don't care if you like it. That doesn't much matter. But do subscribe if you're interested in this type of content. This is what we like to do here. So thank you so much for watching. We will be right back for part two. Amen.